Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 85. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Do you love vintage cars? Then go to CarsYeah.com and get a free copy of the fantastic Filler Up book. It's a full-color ebook filled with fuel filler fun with over 60 color photographs of vintage cars plus inspirational quotes from some of the most famous automotive enthusiasts of all time. Simply go to CarsYeah.com, click on the free book button on the homepage, and download your Filler Up book today. It's free at CarsYeah.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. Today, I'm really excited to introduce a friend of mine, a special guest, Rob Sass. Rob, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I am. I've got my old school lap belt on. I hope that's good enough. I think we'll be okay. Rob is the vice president of content for Haggerty Insurance Company and is the publisher of Haggerty Classic Car Magazine. Rob is also a regular contributor to the New York Times and Auto Week magazine and has written for Car and Driver Magazine, Classic and Sports Car, and Sports Car Market Magazines. He's the author of the book Ran Win Park, and he currently owns a couple cool collector cars, a 1983 Ferrari 308 GTS and a 1973 Jensen Interceptor, which tells me he's a brave guy. <laughs> so, Rob, I've told our listeners a little about you. Please take a moment and share a little more about your history your career, your interests, and of course, your passion for automobiles. Well, I grew up as a car guy. My dad passed that on to me and uh, actually came home from the hospital as a kid in a bizarre little British car called the Hillman Minx. Um, oh, wow. you know, all through my childhood growing up, there was something weird, interesting, or fun in the garage. Uh, my dad had an E-Type growing up, a Porsche 911, an Avanti, a couple of Corvettes, and, and he's... Uh, Still a car guy, so that's where I get it from. I was uh, uh, I was trained as an attorney. I was an attorney in private practice for eleven years until really sort of my Blowers requirement came into terminal conflict with uh, my affliction for old cars, and and I transitioned uh, more into the automotive world, and that's where I find myself today. What's really great about this is Cars Yeah is all about inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and the idea is to have people who wish they were working in their field of passion, that would be automobiles, listen to these inspiring stories. And and yours is is really interesting, Rob, because a lot of my guests started off in the automotive field, but you transitioned. Can you share with us a little bit about what occurred at that time? I mean, obviously you said you were into cars, but you're an attorney, which unless you were litigating for traffic accidents or chasing ambulances, is something that is pretty far away from automobiles. What happened in your life to cause you to leave that profession and move into the field you're in now? Well, I wound up having a client that was that was in the classic automotive space. Uh, actually, a, an auto transporter uh, was a was a client of mine, and I you know, was doing a lot more work for that particular client and having fun and and getting to go to some of the shows that weren't too far away from where I lived and. Eventually, uh, the client just said, hey, look, you know, why don't you consider just uh, being our in-house counsel? I mean, you, you love cars. This sort of gets you into the, the world you want to be in. I can't promise you that you're going to make anywhere near the same amount of money you'd make as a partner in a 
in a good sized law firm, but uh, you'll probably be a lot happier. And he's actually right. That's what I wound up doing. Um, I started meeting a lot of people and and uh, did that for a while, and then eventually went to work uh, uh, in Portland, Oregon, for Sports Car Market Magazine, um, doing a little bit of writing, but mainly uh, as as general counsel for for that publishing group. Uh, out there and uh, you know slowly transitioned almost entirely away from law and into writing and and content creation. Well, I think that's great that you knew what your passion was and you found a path to go down that road and end up working in the automotive field. And uh, I think that's absolutely wonderful. And it, it helps people listening to know that you can do that too, if that's the journey that you choose. My friends from, uh, from back in, in my, my law practice day are, you know, are still envious. I still actually keep in touch with a lot of them, and, and uh, a lot of them say the same thing. Gee, you know, I, wish, I wish I had another uh, secondary interest that, that was as, as strong as yours that I could actually make a living in. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sympathetic uh, to uh, my old friends who are still filling out timesheets. <laughs> well, that's great. I'm happy you, uh, you found a way to, uh, to participate in your passion. That's wonderful. As we continue on your journey, I always like to start Cars Yeah with a success quote, a saying that's been instrumental in forming your life and your success, and it's a great way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Rob, take the wheel. Well, you know, I'm, I'm a big admirer of slow and steady wins the race. I wish I was a better adherent to it, though. I'm, I'm a little bit, as people who know me, uh, I'm slightly ADD, and I tend to uh, move from one thing to another uh, maybe a little bit too quickly sometimes, but I'm 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 very fond of of that quote, and and uh, you know I try best I can to be an adherent with varying degrees of success. Can you maybe share a story with us how you learned to incorporate that into your world and how it's worked for you? Well, uh, you know, as uh, developing as as a writer, I mean, there's there's very little in the way of immediate gratification in in terms of of starting out that way, and just taking the time to really pay a lot of attention to other people writing in the space that uh, that you admire. For example, Dave Kinney, who writes for Octane and, and Automobile Magazine and, and wrote for a Sports Car Market when I was there. Huge admirer of, of what Dave does. And just taking the time to sit down and and pick the brain of, of people that you admire and pay attention to what they're doing and, and figuring out what, uh, what it is you like about their style and, and what you can sort of make your own. It's a proverbial slow down to smell the flowers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just a little bit. Could you share with us a story that really instigated your passion for cars? Share with me that pivotal moment that you knew in your life that you were really a car guy. I think it was probably when I was sitting in in a hospital bed as a seven-year-old, and I just had my tonsils taken out, and for whatever reason... Uh, my folks brought me a, a, just a stack of, of car magazines, I think probably one of each. The big ones in those days were obviously Motor Trend, Car and Driver, and Road and Track. And I just had completely forgotten that my throat was killing me and, and that basically all I could eat was ice and just devoured the magazines. And uh, I still have all three of them today, those same issues that they brought me uh, in the hospital. And yeah, that was sort of the pivotal moment when I realized I, I love cars. Oh my gosh, that's incredible. You had your tonsils out, but uh, and you, now I thought they always let you eat ice cream when you had your tonsils out, but not the case. I, I think it was just shaved ice for me. I remember it not being ice cream or a you know or a snow cone or something like that. It was just like shaved ice, shaved shaved ice and road and track yeah. magazine. That's all you needed. 
That's great. Yeah, pretty much, exactly. That's great. So, Rob, what I'd like to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and really crawl under the hood and maybe get our hands a little dirty. Would you share with us a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced in your career that really pushed you to a breaking point? But more importantly, share with the listeners how you overcame that situation and what you learned from it. Um, not necessarily my career, but just in, in messing around with cars. First really significant restoration that I'd ever done and, and done a lot of the work myself. And, and I made the mistake of choosing a body shop, A, that was not particularly competent and B, um, not particularly solvent. And uh, uh, they went belly up, bankrupt during the middle of, of the restoration. I had to collect the pieces of this car that uh, I think things were missing and everything else, just you know, come in, grab it, and finish it myself, essentially. And that oh, was, no. uh, yeah, that's probably everybody's worst nightmare. You know, that sort of thing. When you realize, oh, my goodness, I am really in over my head. Um, this thing's completely apart. Things are missing. Nothing's labeled. I'm going to be that guy that you see who sells an incomplete project for a fraction of, of what they've got in it. What kind of car was it? But, well, you know, it's kind of an odd duck, a car that, that some people would say, it was not worth the effort, but I, I loved it. It was a, a Daimler SP250, which uh, I think Keith Martin uh, likened to a car that looks like a very angry catfish. <laughs> now, being an attorney, did that help you at all with getting your car back? Because I had a guest on this show once that the same thing happened to him, and they the bankrupt court came and took his car away. In fact, it did. Um, yeah, I was able to, to basically prove that, that nobody else had a security interest in my car and that the body shop really hadn't done anything of value to it. In fact, you know, pretty much the opposite and, and that, you know, I was entitled to, you know, these bits and pieces of what used to look like a MSB250. So, yeah, I'd, I'd actually had some experience uh, in, in bankruptcy in, in my career as an attorney. So I don't know if that helped or not, but, you know, I got my car and finished it and, and uh, sort of had a happy ending to the story. Well, that's good. Is there any lesson we can help our listeners learn that maybe would keep them from falling into this same kind of dire situation? Is there a way to check with body shops and repair shops when you bring a car in that that's not going to happen? Is there any way to do that? Well, yeah, I think there, there are a couple of ways. But I mean, the, the biggest lesson that I learned was uh, I, I sort of gave in to my inner cheapskate on that one. And, and uh, they, were, they were slightly dodgy from the beginning, but I sort of talked myself out of, of some of the red flags that went up simply because uh, their bid to do the work was so much lower than, than uh, competing bids. So um, yeah, so I mean, that's, that's a good lesson from that is, is, you know, sometimes if something sounds too good to be true, Maybe it is. <laughs> There's another great quote for us all to remember. Definitely. Rob, let's shift gears here and go to the other end of the spectrum. Could you share a story with us when you had a real aha moment in your career, a time when you realized, you know what, maybe this is going to work. I can work in my field of passion around cars. And maybe it was during that transition from being an attorney to becoming an editor or writer. Could you tell us the steps that you took to turn that aha moment into a success? Yeah, it, it, it really was, actually. Um, I had just gotten, I think, the first two articles that I'd written published in, in Sports Car Market. I had met uh, Keith Martin, the publisher of that, through my job with the, the auto transport company. And 
uh, Keith was doing some regular work for the New York Times then, and uh, I think that there was a story or something that that uh, Keith was going to Europe or something and and wasn't going to be able to do for them, and he suggested that I take a crack at it, and um, I, I didn't for a minute think that this would ever result in in me uh, doing regular work for them, but I said, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll take a shot at it. The worst they can do is say, this is terrible, it's completely unpublishable. Um, your high school English teacher was absolutely right about you. <laughs> Uh, but it, 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 it actually, it actually worked out. It, it, uh, the piece ran in the times and I've had a relationship with, uh, the editors there for about eight years now and they continue to put up with me. And that was really sort of the, the aha moment. I realized, okay, well I can, you know, I can, I can get something published in, in, uh, uh, a very good newspaper. Maybe I can actually make a go of this. Ah, oh, that must've been a, uh, a nice feeling. It really was. Yeah, it was, it was pretty amazing. Um, my folks were proud of me anyway. Um, <laughs> That's always a good thing. That high school English teacher who said that I'm really certain you're never going to make a living doing anything with the English language. Um, she's probably uh, not. Nah, she's probably scratching her head still. Actually, that's <laughs> be up front. Oh, you know. Oh, I hate stories like that when when teachers tell kids they can't do things because uh, just tell them they can and help them learn how and they can be successful. Just don't send them down the wrong path. Well, yeah, but, you know, look, I I had teachers, you know, confiscate my, my road and tracks and car and drivers and okay. say, okay, no will ever come from reading this dribble. Ah, well, and they were wrong. <laughs> Thank <laughs> goodness. Let's have a yeah. little fun here. What was your first really special car, and could you share a story, a memory you had with that vehicle? Sure. First really special car that, that I owned was a 1972 Porsche 911S. And oh my gosh, that was oh, sorry. Yeah, so be this, still my heart. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but uh, yeah, and <laughs> this was this was not 2013 or 2014. This was uh, probably 1984, and I I went off to college at the University of Colorado with a uh, 1965 Austin Healey 3000 Mark III, mm. and it was just a you know. Quite honestly, kind of a crappy old British car. At the time, I paid twenty five hundred dollars for it, and uh, realized that this was not really a good car to have at the University of Colorado, where it gets cold, and um, you know, half the time my Healy didn't want to start. So, I was lucky enough to have owned it through sort of this first wave of appreciation that those cars experienced in kind of the mid eighties, and I paid twenty five hundred dollars for it and I sold it for eighty five hundred dollars probably two or three years later. Mm, nice. And yeah, and in, instead of, of uh you know blowing the money on uh here and concert tickets and, and things like that, I actually uh thought it would be a good thing to save some of it and put some of it into a car that was maybe better for uh, Colorado winter. And uh, I bought a 72S for $6,000. And, and it was actually a pretty nice car. That was just sort of the great, you know, uh, an old Porsche in those days. And uh, it was an amazing car. Is there, uh, were there any great trips you took with that car or maybe a, a real fond memory you had with that vehicle? I did everything in that car. I was, you know, it was just a, it was just a used car then. So I, you know, I had tire chains for it. I bought a ski rack. I take it skiing. Uh, I took it on, on fraternity and sorority formals. But most of the time, honestly, what I remember the most about the car is just driving it a few minutes outside of town up Boulder Canyon, just to hear the sound of the exhaust sort of echo off the canyon walls. It was mm -hmm. an amazing car 
uh, with that, that just sounded like nothing else and, and just, uh, uh, just driving, just enjoying it. Yeah. They are wonderful cars. How about seller's remorse? Is there a vehicle that you've had in your past that you let go that you really wish you could have back? Uh, a lot of them. That 72S is probably one. But yeah, I um, you know, probably about uh, five years ago, I sold a Maserati Mistral. And, and at a time when I really had a pretty good idea that car was going to be worth a lot more than it was when I sold it, I just, uh, it was one of those cars I was just sort of afraid to drive because everything on it was a fortune. I mean, from, you know, the switches that turned on the lights to, you know, everything. I mean, it just... Uh, I, I sort of got it into my head that, that uh, you know, if I kept the car and I like to drive whatever I own, that something just cripplingly expensive was going to break. And it just really sort of killed the enjoyment for me, and I sold it. But I, I, it was it was really kind of silly. I, I should have kept the car. Well, sometimes the time is right, and we just have to let them go and yeah. not look back. Uh, those are wonderful yeah. cars, though, very special cars. Yeah. Is there a current project that you're working on right now that really has you excited and fired up? Um, yeah, actually, uh, at, at Haggerty, we just shot a video in, in Portland, Oregon, that, that sort of explores the extreme entry level of, of the collector car world. It's, it's basically the title of it is, is Three Guys with Three Grand by Three Classic Cars. And uh, uh, it was basically three people who sort of parachuted into Portland one weekend with three thousand dollars in their pocket, and the idea was to find, uh, you know, not a junker, not something that that was ready for the twenty four hours of lemons, but something that you wouldn't be ashamed to show up at Cars and Coffee in. And and uh, the kicker was, you know, you had three thousand dollars to spend. We had a really good time and found three really pretty good cars, and and uh, did an eighteen minute video of of what that experience was like, and and had a great time. Is that video going to be up on the Haggerty website soon? It is. It's actually on the, the Haggerty Classic Cars YouTube channel right now. I think if you just uh, search in Google Project Portland, uh, you know, three cars or three grand, uh, you'll find it pretty easily. Or just uh, Haggerty Classic Cars, go to the YouTube channel, and it's uh, the latest video that's up there. Yeah, it sounds like one of those videos you watch on Top Gear. You didn't hire those three guys, did you? No, actually, we didn't. And the <laughs> idea was to take a different approach from Top Gear. Instead of, you know, with Top Gear... Whenever they buy a cheap car, it's it's basically a, a punchline or, or you know or, or comic relief or a you know comic foil or something, and the car either winds up throwing a rod through the block or evaporating into a cloud of coolant smoke, or getting a grand piano dropped on it. The idea <laughs> here was to actually buy something good for very little money, and uh, we came up with um, a '72 Volkswagen Beetle. A 1975 uh, Chevy El Camino that was actually really nice. Original paint, original interior, 93,000 miles, drove beautifully. And uh, the car that's actually my favorite, an 85 Mazda RX-7 GSL SE. Another car that had uh, one woman owner, the original paint, original interior, no rust, very nice driving car. We spent $2,800 for that. Wow. You know what's great about what you're doing there is so many people look at the collector car market and they think, I can't do that. Those are all yes. wealthy people, expensive cars. I'll never be able to do it. And I had a guest on Cars, yeah, a TV personality, Lance Lambert. And he said, if you give me $5,000, I can buy you a car that can get you into almost any car show. Maybe not Pebble Beach or Amelia Island, but any local car show and you'll have fun. And that's why I think what you guys did is great to show people that you can get into the car hobby. It doesn't have to cost you a fortune, and you can have some fun with it. 
Yeah, yeah, you really can. And, you know, as long as you're a little bit flexible, as long as your heart isn't set on, on uh, you know, a pre-war classic or, a, you know, a 50s Thunderbird or something like that, if you're willing to explore the 70s, the 80s, and even the early 90s, you can have a lot of fun with three to $5,000. I, I agree with, with Land wholeheartedly. You give me $5,000 and, you know, eight hours, and I'll have a car that, that, that you won't be ashamed of. Yeah, it's great. I love that. I'll make sure that... Uh supply a link on your show notes page to that YouTube page so our listeners can go and watch that. Sounds like a great idea. Thanks. Okay, here's a funny question for you, Rob. If you were a car, what kind of car would you be and why? If I were a car, you know what? Honestly, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd, have, to be, I'd have to be a car that I just sold. Uh, I would, I'd probably be a uh, 78 to 89 Porsche 911. Hmm. And why is that? Uh, because you know what they are they're extremely user friendly um they're easy to get along with easy to own nobody hates them at least nobody that i know of and and uh they they last forever i mean with given a modicum air um they'll pretty much last forever so you know good staying power easy to get along with what's not to like (laughs) and that sounds like rob says to me what's not to like He's just a good guy, staying power, easy to get along with. Everybody loves him. I hope so. (laughs) I think so. All right. We're up to the last lap here, and this is where I fire off a series of questions, and you give our listeners some real quick blips of the throttle answers. So Mm -hmm. are you ready? Sure. What's the best automotive advice that you've ever received? Never, ever drive a sold car. As much as you want to take it for that one last lap around the block or one last ride to the ice cream stand, don't do it. Bad things can happen. Did something like that happen to you once? Never happened to me. Oh, but okay. I have, okay. I have, I have seen, uh, you know, I've, I've seen people get T-boned at, at intersections doing, you know, the, sort of that one last, you know, one last, you know, time for the for the memories and and uh, yeah, it's sort of to make that unfortunate call to the person who's bought the car and say, well, we sort of have to unwind this deal. I took it out for one last ride, and this is what happened. Going to have to wire you the money back. I'm very sorry. Oh, gosh, horror story. Well, working for an insurance company, you've probably heard a few of those, unfortunately. So that's great advice. Never drive a sold car. Never drive. It's done. It's over. It's not yours anymore. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has contributed to your success? Um, well, I think that, uh, being able to work to a deadline, um, I've, I've, uh, I think had a decent amount of success actually is, is, as an understudy for, for somebody else who, uh, um, uh, um, either, uh, declined to do something or, or didn't, didn't follow through and just having the ability to, uh, work to a very short deadline is, I think, contributed to my success. Mm, great. Especially if you're publishing something, that's quite important. Yeah. Well, you know, if you are, and, and you know, if you're working for a, you know, a newspaper and, and you know, that the, the Sunday paper has to go out, yeah, it, it pays to be able to, to move quickly at times. Yep. I understand. Do you have a resource that you could share with us that you're really fond of? Maybe it's a website you go to, or it's a blog you get every day, or maybe it's an app on your phone. I'm an enormous fan of bringatrailer.com. Um, I, I know the, the founder of the site, Randy Nonnenberg, pretty well, and I think they just have this this sort of supernatural sixth sense for curating some great stuff. I mean, honestly, I, I've there have been so many instances where a car that I've been interested in buying has shown up on Bring a, Bring a Trailer, and 
once that happens, it's 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 all over. I mean, everybody knows about it. That I've actually had to to either email or call Randy and say, "Hey, look, you know that, you know <laughs> that that whatever in 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 Tacoma, please don't put it up on the side. I'm trying to buy that car." Yeah, yeah. Randy's been on yeah. our on our show, and uh, you're right. In fact, I I saw uh, Jay Leno talking. I think he was talking with uh, Jerry Seinfeld in mm-hmm. some YouTube, and he said, "Darn that! Bring a trailer." He goes, "I'm on the East Coast." And those cars are already gone by the time I get the email in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, I think both uh, Leno and Seinfeld have bought cars off of Bring a Trailer, and it's just it's good fun. I, uh, you know, I have odd taste in cars, and 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 a lot of the time it seems to be really sort of in sync with with what Randy finds and what is what his contributors submit to him. He just uh, does a great job of it. Oh, I, yeah. I can't wait for the email to show up in my inbox in the morning. And he has an auction going now too every week, so they have a he does. yeah, which is kind of neat. He does new yeah, I, same kind of, of really interesting cars. It's just he's really really good at, at uh, curating the cars that he puts up on site, and and I love it. I, you know, if, if eight o'clock rolls around and that email isn't in my inbox, I, I panic. <laughs> and Randy's another great example of someone who found a way to take their passion around automobiles and create a business around it. So he really uh, is another good story there. Would you yep. share with us a book that you perhaps recently read that you really enjoyed? Actually, it's not a book, but what one uh, one printed resource that, that that I absolutely love and sort of goes back to the tonsillectomy story from earlier is I now have a complete collection of Road and Trek uh, annuals, road test annuals from the fifties all the way through the early eighties. Wow! And it was it's based test that Road and Track did in, in that particular year. It's just, it's an invaluable resource because you sort of get back, you get to go back and read what their impressions were of these cars when they were new. And if you're restoring something or, or you feel like, you know, something just isn't quite right with this car, is this the way they were new? You can go back and you can read about it and, and uh, figure out exactly what things were supposed to be like when, when they were close to new. And, and Road and Track in those days, and the, particularly in the, the, the John and Elaine Bond days, was a really, really fantastic publication. And, and going back and reading the World Road Test is just a, a treat. So that collection is something that I would highly recommend. And, and you can pick them up on eBay. They really they tend to go for, for anywhere between you know, 6 and $10 a piece. So you can really build a pretty complete collection of Road and Track Road Test annuals for not a lot of money. Oh, great. Well, that was going to be my question is how could somebody go find those? And yep, the favorite eBay. <laughs> you can find yeah, anything on eBay. Pretty much. Do you have an interesting hobby outside of your passion for cars? Outside of cars? Um, you know, I it, it uh, I still play ice hockey every now and then. Oh, wow. Uh, enjoy doing that. Uh, I have two young sons. They take up a lot of time. Mm-hmm. So uh, other than traveling, um, I, I love to travel. Uh, especially outside the U.S., um, that's, that's pretty much it. Well, I'll remind our listeners that you can find links to all these resources at carsyad.com slash Rob Sass. And Rob spells his last name S-A-S-S. One B on that, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> it's a little inside joke there. All right, Rob, we're up to the checkered flag. You know what that means. The end of the race is nearing. And this last question can be a real doozy for some car fans. If you could only have one collector car in your garage, and it's something you can't sell to buy a bunch of other cars with, and money is no object, I'm going to buy you whatever you want today. What would that vehicle be and why? I am not going to cost you $38.5 million. Oh, thank is, you. Yeah, I was getting nervous. 
Ferrari 250 GTO that that uh, sold at bottoms in August, but mm. uh, I'm going to hit you up for Ferrari. Okay. Uh, I would like a Daytona Coupe. Mm. Uh, I think more than you know, a car that that um, you know, money's no object, uh, uh, and one that I would keep forever. I just I, I love them. Um, great front engine. GT car that was conceived when when Enzo was still putting on his Ray Bans every day and and just the whole Dan Gurney Brock Yates cannonball thing just really appeals to me and and uh, I love Daytonas they are beautiful what color would you pick you know I think I'd have to go for an oddball color. I think I, I I probably would would skip the the uh, the red or the the fly yellow and I think I'd probably go with the the medium blue metallic that uh, my 308 is it's it's called blue Sarah nice sounds great well Rob you've taken us on a great ride today and I really have enjoyed your stories and I want to thank you for being with us could you give our listeners one parting piece of guidance before you drive off into the sunset in that Daytona uh, well yeah there's a lot of of talk about classic cars as investments right now and it is nice that when you decide to move on, if you can sell your car for a little bit more than what you've got in it, that's great. But um, it probably, profit shouldn't be the, the the motivator. Buy what you like, and, and if you make a little bit of money uh, when you move on to the next thing, that's great. But, but first and foremost, buy what you like. You know, that seems to be a common thread among a lot of my guests here on Cars, yeah, is buy what you love, buy what you like. Don't speculate, because if you get stuck with it or the price goes down, if you love the vehicle, at least you'll have something you really enjoy. So that's great exactly. advice. What's the best way for our listeners to learn more about you and Haggerty? Uh, the best thing to do is just go to Haggerty.com. Go to the website and look at the articles that are posted and, and look at the, the great content that we put up on a regular basis. And I think that's uh, you know that's sort of the way uh, that, that we show that, that we, you know, we, we walk the walk. Sure. Uh, is is the sort of, of content that we post on, on the site on a regular basis. Very little about insurance. It's mostly about what we're all passionate about, uh, uh, old cars. Absolutely. And I'm a Haggerty customer myself, and I have been for, gosh, maybe 15 years now. And Can you get the magazine if you're not a uh, customer of Haggerty's? Is there a way to subscribe to it? You can. You can, actually. It's a quarterly magazine. It comes out, obviously, uh uh, winter, spring, summer, and fall. And I, the subscriptions, uh, are about eight bucks, uh, for an annual subscription. So it's a, it's a great deal. Well, worth uh, it. yeah, it's the, the publication, yeah. you've done a great job and it's really evolved Thanks. over the short, short lifespan that it's had, um, with all sorts of great, interesting articles. So I would encourage people and I'll make sure that I post up on the show notes page, uh, links to Haggerty and so that people can go and learn more about it. And that will be yep. at carsyeah.com slash oh, Rob Sass. You're welcome. You're welcome. And Rob, that. oh, sure, sure. Well, I want to thank you for being so generous with your time today and uh, your expertise and for staying late. This is uh, past your, your working time here and sharing your experiences with our listeners. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.